Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and our free 633 event this Sunday when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Order of the Resurrection. Flip ahead for uh, just a preview. Look at uh, chapter 15, verse 45. 45, chapter 15 says, So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. 46. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. That's Adam. The second man is from heaven. That's Christ. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the earthy, Adam, we also, we shall also, we, the church, shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Adam is the issue. Adam and Eve. Verse 22, chapter 15. For as in Adam all what? All die. Does anybody get out of this? Some of you are thinking, well, there's a couple exceptions. Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. True. And then Elijah, right? He went up to God. True. But other than those two, <laughs> which are exceptions, which are pictures, if you will, and some even believe they'll come back in the last days, Enoch and Elijah perhaps are the two witnesses. That's one view. Not my view, but one view. Death spread to all people. Nobody, what's the saying? People wake up, they have a little bit of coffee. Two things you can know about this world. Death and taxes. Life is hard. Bumper sticker. And then you die. <laughs> Thanks, Schleprock. <laughs> Thanks, Eeyore. Life is hard and then you die. It's not much of a tale, but it's the only one I've got. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I, and, I, and I understand that. It's a Winnie the Pooh thing. If you're only an Adam, you're in trouble. But if you're in Christ... You'll be made alive. According to Barrett, in Adam would imply that humans have taken Adam's side. They have joined the revolt against God, and for this reason, they die. You see, all mankind follows in the train of Adam. If you're not in Christ, you're suppressing the truth. You're pushing it away. But the last Adam, Jesus, came to bring us life to undo the mess of the first Adam, to stand between the serpent and his bride in the Garden of Gethsemane and say, if it's me you want, let them go. Father, of those you have given me, I lost none. They're going to see my glory. Now Paul gave us the timing in 1 Thessalonians 4. Would you flip over there? 1 Thessalonians 4, when he's talking about, okay, well, when will this happen? Those who are asleep, when will they Rise, take a look. First Thessalonians 4, famous rapture passage, verse 13. 
1 Thessalonians 4.13, we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep or those who have died, so that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.14, for if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep or died in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will what? They will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, still alive at this point in history, will be caught up, that's the idea of raptured, together with them, that's the dead who are resurrected, in the clouds, probably glory clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, what should we do? Comfort one another with these words. Back to 1 Corinthians 15. The power of death is broken. Donald Gray Barnhouse, widowed at a young age, the death of his wife left him with a six-year-old daughter in the home. He had real difficulty working through his own grief, but the hardest part was to comfort and explain the death to his daughter. He later record, recalled that all his education theological training left him at a loss. One day, he and the little girl were standing on a busy corner at a downtown intersection waiting for a light to change. Suddenly, a very large truck sped by the corner, briefly blocking out the sun and frightening the little girl. To comfort her, Dr. Barnhouse picked her up, and in a moment, the wisdom of God broke through, and he was able to explain to his daughter... He said, sweetie, when you saw the truck pass, it scared you. But let me ask you, had you rather be struck by the truck or the shadow of the truck? She replied, of course, the shadow, daddy, of course. He went on to explain that when your mother died, she was only hit by the shadow of death because Jesus was hit by the truck of death. The psalmist reminds us that God is with us even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Paul is not teaching universalism. He's not saying everybody will be made alive. If you look closely at your Bible, it says those who are in Christ. You must be in Christ to experience this life. If you're in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. Verse 23, but each in his own order. There's an order to the resurrection, and that's what we're after today. Christ, the first fruits. We got that imagery as we spoke about it earlier. After that, those who are Christ, when are they going to rise? At, this is verse 23, chapter 15, at his what? Coming. The resurrection will happen at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that, brothers and sisters, in my view, is a singular coming. And I know there are some people, good scholars, who believe there's a rapture seven years before or three and a half years before, and then there's a uh, final coming of the Lord. And I think they would tie the resurrection to that seven years before. But I'm going to tell you from my study of the Bible, I think this is one event. When Christ comes for the second time, the dead rise first, and the living also are raptured. And here's how it works. Resurrection and rapture pretty much happen like this. We will not go before the dead in Christ. It will be like this to meet the Lord in the air. It's going to be, if you will, almost a simultaneous event. 
resurrection and rapture go together. When? At the second coming. That's when it's going to happen. Some of you have seen movies about the rapture, right? And some of the movies will show, uh, you know, somebody walks home, comes home from work, and on the bed, there's a tie and a shirt there without a body in it. Ah! Right? And, and there's unmanned planes, and in case of rapture, this automobile will have no driver. Well, I tell you, I'm not sure that that's how it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know that we're going to have a secret rapture. This is something you're going to have to wrestle with. I think when Jesus appears in the darkened sky with all the angels, there's going to be two responses. One is going to be, oh, yeah. And another is going to be, uh-oh. And I hope you're in the, oh, yeah, crowd. Amen? Because when Jesus comes, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, that's when death dies. We will never die again. Some of you are saying, but is Jesus the first fruits? What about the widow's son in the days of Elijah? What about Lazarus? What about others that Jesus raised from the dead? Well, Jesus is the first fruits in this sense. He's the one that was resurrected never to die again. Death will not touch Jesus ever again. Lazarus came out of the tomb, got unwrapped, had a piece of toast and some OJ. But he lived and what? Died again. Jesus is the first fruits in this sense. He leads a train of folks in military rank is the idea, this is the idea of order, never to die again. When will this happen, you ask? At his second coming. Oh, I got to show you a few verses about this end times. Go to Matthew 13. This is, I hope it excites you. Matthew 13. It excites me. Matthew 13. Jesus is telling a, a parable, Matthew 13, about the end times. Here's what he says. Matthew 13, 37. He said, following the parable of the sower or soils, the one, Matthew 13, 37, who sows the good seed is the son of man, Jesus. The field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. The tares are the sons of the evil one. 39. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is what? The end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Think of first fruits imagery. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with the fire, so it shall be at the end of the age. What is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? The apostles asked in Matthew 24, 3. The Son of Man will send forth his angels. They're the reapers. They reap the harvest. And they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. We'll cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. All the way over to Matthew 24. In the famous Olivet Discourse, the disciples said, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answers their question in Matthew 24. Look at verse 29. Matthew 24, 29. Here's the sign of the end of the age. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, 24, 29, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man, Jesus, will appear 
in the sky when the natural lights have gone out. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance and his guest Seth Gruber at the next 633 event on March 22nd. Why do we believe what we believe about protecting life? Well, this event, 633 with Seth Gruber, is going to help equip you to know how to make a rational, reasoned defense for life. You can do it from science, you can do it from logic, but you can also use the Word of God, of course, to make these compelling arguments. Register for the next free 633 event with Seth Gruber on March 22nd. Visit walkintruth.com, click on events, or call 844-48-TRUTH. Well, folks, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and here I am (laughs) needing to talk to you about our budget. But, you know, Walk in Truth is a radio ministry. We've stepped out in faith We get a large amount of support from our own church congregation, and many of you have stepped up recently to come on board as monthly partners. You've reached out to us to get the monthly gift, and you've you've been praying for us and expressing your appreciation, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing. But we're at our fiscal year, which begins April 1st, and we have a large radio budget that we're wanting to expand, but Where we are right now is we're going to have to make some tough decisions about where we're going to continue to broadcast unless we get some more support. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to be praying. I'd like to ask you if you've been considering supporting us to do it now. You can do it at walkintruth.com. And if you'd like to find out details about what our specific needs are, would you call us at 844-48-TRUTH? And we'd love to share with you. Do that during normal business hours, 844-48-TRUTH. I'd like to say this is not my favorite topic, but it is the reality. Radio time does cost, and we do need to be good stewards over what God is entrusting to us. So please reach out to us today, walkintruth.com, 844-48-TRUTH. Be praying, and we appreciate you very much. God bless you. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Matthew 24, 29, here's the sign of the end of the age. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, 24, 29, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man, Jesus, will appear in the sky when the natural lights have gone out. Then all the tribes of the earth will what? They will mourn. That's the uh uh-oh crowd. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. (laughs) I heard a kid say, he heard this text and he said, Mommy, Mommy, Jesus is coming with power and great glory. (laughs) No. Well, maybe. (laughs) But it's power and great glory. Okay? And he will send forth his angels, 31 Matthew 24, with a great trumpet, and they will what? Gather together. Here's the rest of the harvest. His elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Apparently, we're going to get an angelic escort. On the day of resurrection and rapture, I'm hoping Michael picks me up. I'm hoping. Come on in. (laughs) Custom-made 
Heavenly automobile. I don't know what it's going to look like. Back to the future. I don't know. All right, go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, we got to move. We got to move. Then comes the end. When he delivers up the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule, all authority, and power. The devil's time will come to an end when Jesus comes again. See, Christ is the first fruits. Then those, the rest of the harvest of resurrection will occur at his second coming. That, the Greek word for coming is parousia or parousia. Some of you have heard that word before. It does imply the arrival of a, a leader and his active presence. And so Jesus, when he comes, will rescue and ra- raise and rapture his church. Then comes the end, 24. When he delivers up the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and authority and power. We know if we've read Revelation that the devil will be vanquished. The lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. 2 Thessalonians 2.8, his parousia at the end of the age. The God of this age will be vanquished, the Antichrist defeated. For Jesus, he must reign until he has put how many? All his enemies under his feet. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, this is how the world or the age will wrap up. The last enemy that will be abolished or destroyed is death. The grim reaper is going to meet his own demise. How many of you have seen you know, the, the depictions of the grim reaper? He has that, that reaping thing. Whatever, what do you call that thing? He's, a, he's got a sickle. Thank you. And he's got the hood on. And everybody fears the grim reaper. One day, the grim reaper will meet his grim reaper. Can you imagine that? Take his hood off. No! You're going to see a picture of him with an X through it. He is no more. Death has died. What? Yes. He's going to meet his end in this world where it surrounds us, where people are living fear of death all of their lives. The gospel is the remedy. It's the salve. Now it's been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. He has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, 2 Timothy 1.10. Honey, we were listening to uh, uh, Through the Eyes of a Lion. Levi, let's go. And he was talking about um, his daughter. She had an asthma attack and passed away in his arms. He said as a family in their unspeakable grief of losing a little girl, at such a young age, they, they made a decision to not run away, but to run to God and to face their grief in the light of the promises of God. And I tell you, as you hear Levi Lesko talk about the loss of his daughter, you're like, wow. But he said, we, we decided to run to God and to face it in the light of the promises of God. And the verse that God gave him was, Jesus has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light the gospel. The Son of God appeared for this purpose that he might destroy the work of the devil, 1 John 3, verse 8. This is the hope we have, folks. 
For he has put all things, 27, in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. It might help to read the NIV. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. Everything except the one true God has been subjected to Christ. And when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself, Jesus, also will be subjected to the one who has subjected all things to him, that God may be all and in all. In laying out the teaching of the Trinity, Paul has never departed from monotheism, says one writer. The exaltation of the Son was never to make him out as a second God, but that in Christ the one God has turned his attention to the world. Some of you have the MacArthur Study Bible. I think he gives a helpful note here because some of you may struggle with how this works. And it's a bit of a mystery, but here's what he says. He says in verse 28, text note, Christ will continue to rule because his reign is eternal, Revelation eleven fifteen, But he will reign in his former full and glorious place within the Trinity, subject to God or God the Father in the way eternally designed for him in full Trinitarian glory. Because the son submits to his father does not mean that he's inferior to his father. But he does always does those things that what? Please his father. And here's the imagery in this Fall short, but here's what comes to mind as we complete this study. If you've ever seen this happen, let's say someone wins the Heisman Trophy and they have an incredible year on the, on the field and they go up to a podium and they receive this coveted trophy. And they might say something like this. I have worked my whole life to do this, but the person who made this possible, let's just say, he says, was my father. He poured into me, he gave me a vision for this. And dad, this is for you. And let's say he hands dad the trophy or the trophy is going to go to dad. One day Jesus is going to say, Father, my death on the cross, my resurrection from the dead, and this multitude of the harvest coming into the kingdom to join us in our glory, I did this for you, for your honor. And as the father honors the son, so the son honors the father. I don't know how all that's going to look in glory, but I'm looking forward to it. As he presents his bride, spotless, before his father, washed by the blood of Jesus. In raising Jesus Christ from the dead, God has set in motion a chain of events that must culminate, says Gordon Fee, in the final destruction of death and thus of God's being once again as an eternity past, all in all. You're listening to The Order of the Resurrection, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 28. Remember, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we appreciate anything you can give to help us broadcast and podcast our program. Our mission is to equip you with the knowledge of the Bible in a way that you can reach out with others that are struggling. Please make sure to visit walkintruth.com to learn more about our next free event, talking about the pro-life versus pro-choice issue, on March 22nd. And again, thanks for contributing to our ministry so we can keep equipping believers like you. Click the donate button on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH to give what you can. Thanks. Here's Pastor Michael. Well, we've been talking about the order of the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. 
And our next message is going to be about resurrected priorities as we continue in this most in-depth chapter on the resurrection. And what a glorious message this is. And what a great time to be talking about resurrection. We're coming up to Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection, triumphant resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so tomorrow we're going to talk about resurrected priorities. And the resurrection should change the way we live our lives. We should live in light of the resurrection. That should affect our moral decisions, the way we navigate everyday life. Uh, We talked in our last broadcast about the panic going on with this coronavirus. We need to calm down and put our trust in the Lord. And when we think about resurrected priorities, it is also about how we love other people, how we prioritize preaching the gospel, how we use our time, talent, and treasure. That's what we're getting at. Hey, speaking of priorities, I want to talk to you about an event we have coming up called Marriage Matters. It's this Friday, March 20th, at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's from 7 to 9 p.m., and Living Truth is the great church behind Walk in Truth, and we're in the city of Corona right off the 91 and 15 freeways at 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, 7 to 9 p.m., Marriage Matters. You can work on your marriage, your communication in marriage. We all could use some help in regard to our marriages. There will be child care. And you can find out more information when you call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. You can also let us know that you're coming. Just call during normal business hours, 844-48-TRUTH. God bless you, and we'll see you here. Tune in tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called Resurrected Priorities. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.